There we go. All right. Hi. Hi. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Trap Bootcamp Podcast. It is your girl, Oracle Jane Doe, and my co-host here, Sam Silver. Miss Sam Silver. And today we are so excited to bring in a new guest. We have Tosca Moore of the Healthy Bump Club. She is here for our Good Girl Gone Fit series. This series is um, to help everything for your hips, ass, and everything down below. Okay? Everything. <laughs> yeah, but this below. is actually going to be your full body, too, because we're going to be helping out our trap, mate, trap mates that are pregnant, who want to become pregnant, or who are actually experiencing their postpartum lifestyle. And we want to make sure that we can have some tips to kind of help you you know, get get it together. So that that's the goal today. And we are going to have Tosca Moore here to help us out with that. Thank you so much for being here, Tosca. And hey, ladies. It is a pleasure to be here and to join you today. Thank you so much for having Healthy Bump Club on this platform with you. I'm excited to talk about this. Yes, we're, we're excited to have you because, you know, I know we've been trying to get together for some time. We had you on the show. Uh, we had you, sorry, we had you at the event that we had, yeah. um, Kamakai mm-hmm. Healing Junction, and she did an excellent job. She has so much energy. We yeah. got you all over the, we got you all <laughs> over the place, dancing on videos and everything. Yeah. And I just knew that we had to have her here so that we could learn a little bit more, you know, to help us out because, you know, even with being fit, you have to make sure that you're working on your body. I'm sorry, being pregnant, you got to make sure that you're working on your body. And we want to talk to you about a few different things. So before that happens, I would love to have you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the trap mates. Sure. So hi, trap mates. It is a pleasure to be here with you guys. I am Dr. Tasca Moore, but you can call me Dr. T because we are family. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to come here and talk about uh, things related to pregnancy and fitness. It's actually one of my passions, um, mainly, and we'll explain why a little bit later. So I am founder and OBGYN of Healthy Bump Club. I've been an OBGYN for over 17 years and I have predominantly, almost exclusively worked in the underserved communities. Uh, so I know the issues that are specific to us, not just at the as an ethnic group, but also as a socioeconomic group. Um, So I'm always excited to think of creative ways in which we can can become healthier, despite some of the social barriers that we experience in some of our communities. So thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here and hopefully I'll be able to answer all the questions you got. (laughs) And so I know you've seen our, the information we sent you. So you know a little bit about me, but I think you know a little bit more now because I did show you that I was a former phone sex operator. I don't know if you've seen yes. that in my thing. My, uh, <laughs> I was, and it kind of, I don't know, you know how we start on a, a, a trail and we uh-huh. end up in all other places. Now the phone sex thing was just so I could make some money. Best believe that. Uh-huh. It was not a career choice or anything like that. But along the way, it was also information that I grasped and then I moved on and went into fitness and I met this one here. Yes, lucky me. <laughs> and uh, it was a crazy time in both of our lives. And she happens to be, go ahead and tell your own business. Girl. <laughs> tell your own business. Uh, I was working as a dom at the time. Um, it's almost 
a little bit opposite. I was already training. Um, I needed some, I'm sorry, I needed some financial help. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and actually, I don't even know if you know this part, but uh, a woman I started training, she owned the dungeon. And so she was looking for new girls. And mm-hmm. and she was like, I, she's like, you would be great, but your schedule is weird. And I was like, work with me. I need cats. <laughs> I, need I love it. And then, and it was this, I feel like it's the same thing you're saying. It like really started to like be cohesive and like having a little more confidence and like presenting yourself in, in a, a different certain way. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So here we go. You guys have interesting histories. I love it. Yeah. And it's crazy how we met because we both met at Equinox. Yeah. And um, I started this podcast a long time ago and I started Trap Bootcamp while I was at that place. And uh-huh. just moving forward, I, I had her on the episode and the episode went crazy. People watched it, watched it. And I was like, hmm. Then I had her again and people kept watching. I was like, maybe there's something there because despite the Dom thing, this woman is so smart. Like, she, and, and at, at Equinox, the things that we learned, like watching her, like, seriously, because she was there before me and the mm-hmm. things that we learned um, at that place really help moving forward how to train in a particular way yeah and and as i spoke to you on the show it was always just about one two one two with me not not really knowing the concept of you know how this can prolong your life you know and really transform your life fitness is more than just push-ups and all of that yeah yes and and now just understanding i had a client who was pregnant and she worked out the whole time and i'm talking deep squats with the big weights like she was no joke and I used to be like oh I don't know if we could do this but then when I got certified of course she could do it yeah so I want to do I wanted to talk to you because we know Mm -hmm. that our trap mates are in all types of areas of their life and right now this might be some key information for anyone especially this one right here who says she's never going to have a kid Mm -mm. Um, (laughs) she signed out She's like, <laughs> and then I, I want to do, I wanted to pre-warn, like, I, I do want to ask some like, uh, almost opposite questions, um, uh-huh. but not like in a, in a negative way, just like, you know, like for people who are like me, who's, who never wanted kids. I mean, I appreciate giving them back at the end. <laughs> Love our aunties and our godmommies. Yes. 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 <laughs> Um, You love uh, being part of the village is what we would say at Healthy Bum Club. You're part of the village and the village is very key. (laughs) Um, I am very excited to just almost hang out with you and speak with you because when she had her event, I I, like Uh focused in on you. I'm not in a creepy, maybe in a creepy way, but like I saw (laughs) you and I was like, who is she? And like, I remember us talking Mm -hmm. and we had had a great conversation. 10, not even 10 minutes. And I was like, this woman is amazing. And so I'm so glad oh, that like you're here. Yes. Thank you guys. Yes, I'm flirting. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the flirt. I, I appreciate you guys. But you guys said some things that I think are really, really key, right? You have these unique career paths, you have these job opportunities. And I love the fact that you recognize sort of the, the key elements of these opportunities. The You're, you're utilizing your experience in meeting women in a very vulnerable place, and you're able to 
relate to women in that way because you've had these experience yeah. uh, experiences. So I love that how you're utilizing everything that is you and forming this amazing platform. And Kawana, I appreciate I had you on our platform. We talked about fitness and you just dropped gems the whole oh, time. Yeah. I, I so <laughs> And now no, so I'm excited. You're going to drop some gems. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. You set that bar real high. Um, <laughs> but I love the fact that you, that you are catering to pregnant women to be more fit and to be healthier. And and one of the things that I was telling my, my patients is that, and my clients is that health is not just something you do during pregnancy. It's kind of almost behind the eighth wall when you're pregnant and you're trying to be healthy, it's really good to get these habits even before we're pregnant, right? And really good to have good health habits as we're trying to get pregnant. So we know that a better uh, body fat percentage puts you in a better position to get pregnant. It helps your fertility. Um, you're generally healthier, controlling our chronic diseases. If we are already diabetic and hypertensive, it is not too late to change your life. We've yeah. had people come off of medications as a result of changing their lifestyle, whether it is the food that they eat, the stress level that they're now knowing how it impacts their bodies, learning how to sleep, I had to learn that one, learning how to sleep and how to value sleep. And then of course, working out and really challenging the body to be healthier. And then during pregnancy, yeah, you got that right. You know, people used to always think pregnant women can't do that, can't do this. And I remember posting on one of the social media platforms, a body lifter, she was like lifting 300 pounds uh, while she was at least, I don't know her personally, I just saw the clip and reposted it. She looked like she was at least in a third trimester, um, perhaps at the end of the third trimester and she lifted without without phase. And there were so many comments from people who are like, she should not be doing that. Why would she put her body, her baby at risk? And there's so many misconceptions about health and fitness when it comes to pregnancy. Now, certainly if you didn't lift nothing but a bag of groceries before pregnancy, this is not the time to start body lifting. <laughs> okay. <True. laughs> it is not the time. True. You are not that girl. And it's okay. Maybe in the future, you'll be that girl. But right. for those who have been doing it and have been you know, very fit before that is nothing for them un unless we have some other issues like a, a cervix that is a little bit more compromised or some type of high risk issue that makes them a higher risk for having some pregnancy related complication related to load bearing. And that doesn't mean that they can't be fit. It just means they can't do those particular types of activities. But certainly for someone who's been fit before, there really are very few limitations unless you're jumping out of a plane, scuba diving, doing impact, high impact sports, you are okay to be fit and to do whatever exercise routine is good for you. And a lot of times people kind of think walking like people are like, okay, so I'll just walk. There's so many things you could do. You can jump rope. You can, you can have fun with your fitness, especially from my moms with kids. Go outdoors and run around with the kids. If anything's going to tire you out, it's going to be them kids, especially if you have toddlers, right? <laughs> so go ahead. Running, take them to the park. With kids is okay. I mean, I know for sure. I'm, I'm certified, but tell them that. Say that again, okay, for the people in the back. 
you for the people run. in the back and the people who didn't even come into the room we gonna yes. we gonna reach y'all okay yeah definitely if you have been running before it is fun and you know oftentimes we see those athletes um those olympians who were running yes. during their pregnancy and i was like yes change the narrative because you can run during pregnancy Okay. I had one of my patients, she was so fit that people were coming up to her in the park, asking her about how to be fit as a pregnant woman. I was like, yes. <laughs> and that's what, what, what I love about. about everything you're saying is like, it, I think it just, it is full circle in the whole health industry in general. It's like, if you like, just because you are now pregnant, like you getting in shape, like it's not going to be the same as if you were already trying to get, you know what I mean? So it's like, it should be a consistent thing that is in your head of like, let's stay healthy or in shape or working towards a specific that like fitness goal or like whatever, yeah. because then when life happens, um, you know, it only makes it easier. And if, when life happens, don't take away from it. Cause like you saying jump roping or running, like that's cardiovascular. Mm -hmm. Cardiovascular is the hardest thing to maintain and train. Cause it's like, after a week, it's like, ah, I gotta, I don't need to run anymore. So I'm just going to stop working as well. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful. And I love that you're saying that. Cause it's like, but like, let's just start now, regardless of like you're 21 and you want to have a kid at yeah. 30, like yeah. just start now. Like, and this is a hardcore professional and if i'm not incorrect obgyns are also surgeons right like yes yes, yes. so like mm -hmm. this isn't just yeah. a beautiful woman who knows about vagina health like this is, a, <laughs> this, is a, this is a surgeon that is saying yes. this to yes. people in the back and in the front and I love that you ladies are helping us to change this narrative about health and pregnancy. Um, and even for those who weren't active before pregnancy, because a lot of times I have patients that come in and they're diagnosed with early onset gestational diabetes, or they're becoming mm -hmm. hypertensive because as you mentioned, pregnancy places a certain amount of challenge to the body and it will tell your whole business. Mm -hmm. If you weren't healthy before pregnancy, it will make sure that it will let the world know she wasn't healthy before pregnancy. Okay. Oh my God. So I wanted to tell you that. So when I remember when I got pregnant, my teeth were in so much shambles. Like I knew I, I was bad with the teeth, but when my, I got pregnant, my teeth went through so much. I was in the dentist's office so much. And I don't know, what is that? Why is it when you're pregnant? Like, Listen, it's, please it's explain that. It's to the heart health, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, 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 come on, sit. Dental health is so, so literally all my patients get a visit to the dentist, whether it's a private dentist or, or someone on our team, they get seen by the dentist. Why do we prioritize dental health? Well, two things. We know that dental health is correlated even outside of pregnancy to cardiovascular health, right? To heart health. So okay. dental disease does increase your risk of having some type of cardiac issue or heart disease. We also know that dental disease is correlated to preterm delivery as well. So oh. for my populations who are at risk for preterm delivery, get them out checked. And it's, and it's, it's sort of anything that is infectious 
pro-inflammatory in the body will definitely increase your risk for preterm delivery. And you see this across the board with all sorts of infections. Once you look at the outcomes of those infections, you're always almost going to see preterm delivery on that list. It is yeah, no different. Just answer, you just answered. I Okay, let's let me get this. Let's go back here. I'm getting a little bit of chills now because I unfortunately lost a child at um, 24 weeks. So I have I have a child that I lost my daughter, Deja, as my first mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. Always. I've always had issues with my teeth, molars and everything, just like issues, issues, issues. Then my second child, all of my pregnancies, I've had five pregnancies and two, two successful children. Two okay. children, one was um, connected to the side, well, it was already disconnected. And so it was mm -hmm. just kind of floating around and I had to have a teeth. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I always had issues with my teeth and I did not know that. I, I even yeah. as a, I did not know that at all. So that yeah. is such, that was a gem right there. Hold up, wait, hold on. I got it, I got it. First of all, I think I started making trying that is, let me see, that thank you. something. Thank you for Yeah, your dental health, you know, we under- Dental health is so, so important. And I'm like you, I always have to be in a dentist because I just, you know, got to maintain and be healthy. And I have challenges with my teeth too. Um, so I always have to make sure that I'm in the office because what I will not have is them heart disease for something that is reversible and preventable, right? Um, but you're, there are so many things that that interact and, and sort of preterm delivery sometimes is very multifactorial. But this at least we know is one area that we can make a difference and do something about. Um, there are lots of other areas and we may get to those later that we have less of an impact on. But certainly dental health, is key and pregnancy has a high level of estrogen and progesterone and we know that estrogen is a growth hormone right it grows things it grows the breast it grows the uterus right um it grows bone bones for our younger women um but it also grows the the gums become more inflamed they are more likely to bleed because there's all this blood flow uh pregnancy increases your blood volume and so blood flow is going everywhere to help support the life that you're bringing into this world so that's the pregnancy so affects the mouth and the mouth can affect your pregnancy. So it goes hand in hand. I'm sorry. Wow. I do have a, because again, she's completely right. She wasn't joking. Um, uh -huh. when I was little, I always said I didn't want kids. So I will, I'm so sorry. And I apologize <laughs> to the trap mates and you, especially and you, um, but no apologies necessary. It's about yeah. every woman being true to themselves and walking. Yeah, right. yeah. because it mm -hmm. is interesting. Again, my sister and her wife are in the process uh -huh. of breaking their eggs. So like, this is interesting for me to know. One time years ago when I was really drunk, I offered to be a surrogate and that was a mistake. That will never happen. But I'm just saying, <laughs> when you say right now, no, when you say things like preterm delivery, would you mind expanding a little? I, I feel like it, almost sounds obvious what it means, but I, I, I would love to make sure I know what that means. Right. Right. So preterm. So we know that miscarriages happen up until what we term as a miscarriage happens up until a woman is 20 weeks gestation, right? Okay. Preterm delivery is basically anything that happens after that. Sometimes you'll hear the number 24 weeks. That is the, the marker for viability that becomes a political 
time frame. Um, but that's why it's it's oftentimes brought up. So 24 weeks, it's it's technically the time frame or the gestational age in which a baby can survive outside of the womb. It doesn't mean survive well, it just means survive. Um, certainly babies that are born at 25 in severe prematurity, 24 to 28 weeks, have a very high risk of a multitude of complications. The most common ones we know respiratory distress issues, oftentimes being on a ventilator, their low birth weight, of course, uh, spontaneous uh, bleeds in the brains may be experienced. That's another common risk of prematurity, neonatal sepsis, because their immune systems are so uh, fragile, as well as a severe um, bowel infection called nec necrotizing enterocolitis. So preach, and, and that's outside of their developmental challenges that they have. Shout out to all my preemies out there because they are, let me tell you, these babies yeah, are fierce. Too. My, my godson is a preemie. They are fierce. I Listen, these babies. When he was born. And now wow. he's like he's strong, you know, he's doing his thing. It's they don't play. When yeah. preemies catch up in life, they like super, they hurdle yeah. over. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was supposed to be a Gemini, but I'm an Aries. So I was a month early. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you're a month and, early. Yeah. And I always oh, told so my mom, I was like, that is the only time, as you can tell right now, the only time in my entire life I was actually Early. On, on time. <laughs> early. Oh, early. Early. <laughs> you are ahead of the clock. Listen, you set your own time. And I'm glad that you said that. So let's talk about the late preemies because sometimes that gets a little bit confusing. Yeah. So you, a mom's due date is at 40 weeks gestation, right? And full term is 37 and zero days forward. Yeah. So a baby that is born a month early is technically 36 weeks, which is preterm, but we consider those to be late preterms. Why do we say the word late? Late because they survive much better. They have less likely to have some of the very severe complications of prematurity. They may still have some things like their, their weight may be on the lower side. They may have some respiratory distress issues, but their distress issues are usually not as severe. They may need a nasal cannula as opposed to being intubated. Um, and their immune systems are some, still sometimes a little fragile, but the risk of really severe infections are much lower. And so is the risk of the intracranial bleeds in the brains. Some of the things Things that the late preemies may encounter. Their breastfeeding is sometimes a little bit more challenging because uh, they get tired more easily. So their latch is a little bit harder for them and they may get a little fatigued. So the moms out there who have preemies who are like, this breastfeeding thing is hard. It is. And it is across the board, premier or not, but especially because preemies are so fragile and they're tired oftentimes and their their latch is a little bit weaker. Um, it takes a little bit more effort to to get them to breastfeed well. So hang in there for those who are breastfeeding preemies. I'm sorry, mom. She said she's like, you were an easy baby because you just slept all the time. And I was like, I wish I could still do that now. So I can make my <laughs> That's that preemie. They're like, I'm tired. I wasn't ready to come out. I'm I'm just gonna rest and sleep. <laughs> I just wanna like, and it's funny because even now it's like if I have to travel somewhere, like I always say, like, I'll just drive at like two in the morning. So when I wake up, I'm already there. So maybe that was it. Like I was like, I just wanna be there and then like I don't need to travel no more. I know. <laughs> Love it. Love the consistency. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I had, uh, I've been reading this book um, and then I've seen this film, this show, the Dahmer 
Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. I have not seen the film. I don't even know what you're talking about. So educate me on that. Okay. The film so or the or the TV show. The, there's a Netflix series right now. Uh huh. Summer. Mm -hmm. I'm ready now. Kind of. It's very uh, creepy. As creepy, fun. but it really explains a lot. And so okay. what I want to talk to you about is what what happened in the 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 show is the mother was exposed to a lot of drugs while she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So she was taking drugs from the doctor. She was taking mm -hmm. all it, types of it was sleeping like 20, medication. 20 something pills a day. 20 wow. something pills a day as a pregnant woman. But this was wow. back in the 70s, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, and now, and then moving forward, her son was Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Oh, okay. I get the connection so here. Okay. I want to know what is the effect of drugs and alcohol, particularly uh, opiates, on children and uh, and pregnant moms. What are the effects? It's, and then how does that affect them moving forward? If you have any information on that, yeah. So um, so certainly drug drugs is something we um have to where that is becoming even more of an issue. And the type of drugs have changed from decade to decade, right? We went through the crack phase, went through the heroin phase, and now the primary drug that we're dealing with are opiates. Um, just like a mom can be addicted and go through withdrawal symptoms with certain drugs, the same thing with the baby. So withdrawal sim symptoms um, can affect the baby as well. Um, for patients who are dealing with um, things like cocaine, we do know that intrauterine uh, risk for, for drug use is very important to know. And so babies may struggle with low birth weight. You may have abrupted placentas. So what does cocaine do? It increases the pressure, right? The blood pressure. Well, the placenta is a vascular organ that is filled with all these blood, beautiful blood vessels that are the source of life. So oxygenation, nutrients, the exchange of waste. Um, so when you're taking a drug that, that increases the pressure in that beautiful organ, it can cause it to prematurely separate. And that's what placental abruption is. Um, and that is a life-threatening complication. So different drugs have different outcomes in terms of the development of the baby. So, so actual brain development can be impacted by, by different types of drugs, um, babies. Now, whether or not in terms of the perspective of sociopaths, right? Mm -hmm. So can you have certain drugs cause someone to be a sociopath. I don't know of a science that links the two because you will first have to separate out the impact of the mom's condition, right? So mom was taking multiple medications and drugs. And so there are some medications that are safe to use in pregnancy. And those are the ones that we use when there's some medications that are not safe to use in pregnancy, even for very common conditions. Um, however, that being said, if someone is using drugs um, or is using antidepressants or multiple anxiolytic medications, there's an underlying um, concern with that mom. There's an underlying psychological issue that she's dealing with. Now, we know that for, from the studies with 9-11, that there are connections between the behavioral patterns of moms and the outcomes of babies. So we know from the 9-11, those women, the women who were pregnant and exposed to 9-11, um, their offsprings were more likely to have behavioral issues, anxiety issues, 
um, in connection to moms who have post-traumatic stress disorders. Um, so we know there's a, a connection between maternal stress experiences, and you can expound from that, whether it's a, 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 a very um, tragic event like 9-11, or whether it's the impact of moms who live in compromised communities, where they're exposed to drugs and violence on a regular basis, there is a connection. We're starting to see studies that are supporting that mom's maternal stress and maternal experiences does have an impact on the behavioral health of her offspring. So it'll be really hard to dissect which one is impacting more in that particular circumstance. Certainly could be the drugs and certainly can be mom's Mom's psychological health, but we do know that both elements have an impact on on baby's uh, psychological development. Similarly, we know that the early stages of um, of trust and, a, and and relational attachment happens within the very early stages of a baby's development. So if mom and bonding with baby, that's why for me, bonding is a vital sign for me. So if there's a bonding issue with the child and mom, um, and sometimes it happens, don't be ashamed. Tell your doctor if this is happening. If you are not bonding with your child, that is a key for me, a vital sign, something I need to know about because wow. bonding is what helps helps babies know that they belong, who they belong to, how, how they form trust. And it happens within the first three years. So it's very early that kids learn their trust and their relational behaviors. So you want to be able to help mom and baby connect whatever that bonding impact in is. And that bonding can be affected by mom's mental health. Perhaps she's struggling postpartum anxiety and or, and, or depression. Uh, perhaps she's having post-traumatic stress because she had a traumatic delivery in her past delivery in her past, her past child. And now she has a newborn and she can't disconnect from the prior right. experience. Yeah, right. And she's now having post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms or some type of trauma experience that's preventing her from connecting with the baby. So our relational issues, perhaps she's a, a mom who's being abused. So there are so many things that interact and play into the behavioral health of an offspring. It's, it's interesting that you say that because um, I don't know how far you've gone on the show. I'm like, I'm a, sounds really bad. I'm obsessed with um, serial. <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, you are. <laughs> I know. Here's the thing. It's they're, like she thinks they're sexy. No, no, no. I just I'm think just it's playing. like I'm no. Playing. My roster of men that I did are so bad that I'm like, and oh, they probably see, worse. No, okay. yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, oh, so it's not that bad when I watch these serial killers. But when it uh -huh. comes to Dahmer, just because you brought that up, and it's kind of how we <laughs> dove into this. Is um, mm -hmm. at the time I just watched the episode last night where they didn't know that postpartum depression existed, and so Dahmer's mom, who was clearly already an addict right, 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 and I right. view him as an addict as well to like several different things but like um I feel like that you know not even giving the woman the the respect of being like you just did something right amazing yet traumatic and dramatic to your body but like you should be fine like I right. feel like that and I feel like that probably happened to a lot of women back yes. in the day like now we're a little bit a little a, we're a lot more open to like allowing the woman to have her rest after work yes. and everything yeah. like that. But it seems to me that back in the day, it was like, get that baby yeah. on it and let's have another let's one. Go. Like, yeah. just like, like you're a little machine. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And no wonder we didn't know about being fit along with it. Because it was like, we were just a machine for the man to like yeah. produce the baby. Well, yeah. And until yeah. Like, 
Like yeah, right. as opposed to being a human being. And and we're still very far from getting better at diagnosing and recognizing these symptoms um, because people oftentimes look just for sadness and sadness may not be the only sign or symptom. We wow. know that appetite changes, withdrawing, not socializing, isolating, um, sleep disturbances. And that's kind of hard, right? Because you kind of expect mom with the newborn to have sleep disturbances. So it really requires really having intentional conversations to really decide whether or not her sleep disturbances is really due to the baby awakening, or perhaps she's, even when the baby's sleeping, she can't sleep because she's having these frequent intrusive yeah, thoughts. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, we're getting better, but we're still very far from it. You know, as many people might have heard of the incident in New York recently, where the mom killed her, her children um, in the postpartum time period. So that's postpartum psychosis. Um, so, so patients who have postpartum depression may be at risk for postpartum psychosis and may become homicidal or suicidal. Um, and so she's a black woman. So the question is, we know that black women are less likely to be screened and also less likely to receive services. So the question is, did she get screened? Did she receive services? Did anyone even, um, check on her, which is why we love programs like welcome baby that we tend to work with who check on moms, even outside of us, the, the healthcare provider, we have programs that are able to check on moms because you need that village. You need that constant support because yeah. anything can go from one day to the next day can go from nice and sunny to completely dark. Um, and a lot of patients experience that, that transition and don't really know what's a typical postpartum blues. So you can have crying episodes and sadness postpartum with all of the hormonal changes. You're extremely fatigued. You're fatigued because you just went through something that's even more, um, more impact on your physical health than even running a marathon. So it's like, would anybody ask someone to run a marathon and then to stay up night after night, night after night? That's really insane. <laughs> no. Right. But I that's essentially what happens to women. Slightly, because like a marathon is like what, maybe a few hours, but this is like a nine month situation. <laughs> yes. So yes. Like Yes, exactly. And so all of the physical changes that happened over the pregnancy, and then she goes through this incredibly beautiful, but incredibly um, uh, sort of challenging experience, physically challenging experience to every single organ in her body. And then you're, and then she's expected to stay up 24 seven. Right. It's insane. It is absolutely. And this is why the village is so important because it's insane because you won't ask a marathon runner to do that. Needless someone who, like Sam said, went through something way more rigorous than a marathon, right? But that is the expectation. So yeah, we're getting better, but we're still very, there's still very much health dis disparities when it comes to postpartum depression. But let's not forget, postpartum anxiety is way more common my patients with postpartum anxiety is about 10 times my patients with postpartum depression. So, so let's not ignore the anxious, the anxious um, symptoms postpartum. There's a certain level of anxiety that is natural because you have a newborn, you have a new life you're responsible for, especially for new moms. You're learning so the learning curve is like that. Yeah. You have to learn so many things so quickly. You have to learn newborn health. What's normal, what's not normal is the baby's breathing, you're checking all the time, right? And then you're you're supposed to, if you're breastfeeding, you've got to make sure you're eating and you're drinking more and all those responsibilities. And then making sure if you had a C-section that you're recovering while you're dealing with your, there's so much going on. Okay. So much so going on. Much going on. 
Thank you. Listen, there is so <laughs> we, we women are amazing, are amazing. But sometimes, you know, that anxiety becomes dysfunctional. That anxiety becomes uh impact your life and you can't really function as a result of your anxiety. I've had people who can't drive anymore because their anxiety is so high. They're not able to go outdoors because the anxiety all of a sudden is high. And that was amplified during the pandemic. So yeah. as a country, we became more anxious. So we know that the United States Prevention Services and Task Force has now, for the very first time, implemented the active screening of adults up until the age of 65 for anxiety disorders. Just came out last week, right? Why? In response to the severe now crisis that we have with anxiety in the country. So moms are no different. Uh, moms are just as anxious and anxiety I have dealt with way more than depression recently. Uh, uh, so I just, the, when you were saying this, and I don't know why my brain connected it, it just, I'm like, being vegetarian or something, but like they say like when an animal is not treated right, like let's say like a cow and then right before it is, you know, Slaughtered. Slaughtered. Yeah. So no other way to put it. The um the stress that this animal has, you can actually like maybe it's because we talk about gum or I don't know, but you can like taste it within the meat, right? So I feel mm -hmm. like as a a woman um who is beginning to grow a child, the more stress that they're put on, I'm sure the hormones are being absorbed by the fetus. Oh assuming, yeah. right. So it's just it's almost weird to like as beautiful ladies, you beautiful ladies to a cow or something being slaughtered. But like, I feel like maybe like that is something that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but people maybe need to understand is like, you know, it's the same thing as like, this person is growing a life and like that in itself is already a, a very um, taxing thing to the body. So on top of it, just being naturally taxing, like make sure your women or your sister or your mom or whoever who is pregnant, like they have as much of a relaxing time because yeah. like, regardless, it's gonna be stressful and those hormones are gonna be pumping through their body. So like, if we can maybe just be more aware just through the people who are listening to this, like chill and relax and like help the person who is growing another human yeah. because like, it's already gonna be happening but to add to it. Right. Don't underestimate what you're saying, Sam, though, because um, you said something quite very profound and something that's being actually studied. So we are, in addition to the psychological um, transference of psychological issues to the offspring, we are seeing biochemical evidence um, that there is a biochemical change in the offspring of babies, of moms who are under stress. And again, we know that um, one of the one of or the main reason actually for this the higher mortality rate amongst black women is related to racism. So racism results in chronic stress and chronic, chronic stress leads to some of the adverse outcomes that we're seeing amongst black women, whether it's hypertension, we know the more stressed we are, the more and we're, the body's not intended to undergo chronic stress. We're intended to be exposed to an acute episode of stress and let that stress pass. And then our response system go back to our baseline. However, when you're living a daily life of stress, it has a very, very multiplicitous effect on the body. And so you end up with things like higher rates of preterm delivery. You end up with higher risk of, of preeclampsia or hypertensive diseases during pregnancy. You have so many 
other outcomes that result as a result of the stress, but also there is actual biochemical transference onto the baby that's now being studied. So that was, that was, you hit the nail on the head. So it's very possible that um, certain characteristics that we have, certain genes are turned on and are transferred down that are, are from our dad, even if we're not exposed to our dad or, or those with the vice versa experiences, not exposed to the mom, but have maternal characteristics, right? Uh, so that's very much possible. But then you also have environmental influences. Um, you also have, um, you know, biochemical influences that, that that affect our behavior. So behavior is, is really complex. And I would love to see um, studies that are really able to narrow down the source of why we are the way we are. But I'm but just thinking scientifically, I think it's going to be something that's go going to be very hard to isolate right. um, the DNA versus the environmental forces, because that's why they say you were raised by your environment oftentimes, because our environment has such an impact on the way we think and the way we behave. It's it's like the, um, the I, I have a very low quality um, psych degree of just a BA, but it's a, the nature versus nurture. I would say just a BA. Girl, you have a BA. I mean, okay. I say that because my my parent, my dad was like, "You're going to be a doctor," and I was like, "Or a personal trainer and a doctor." <laughs> <laughs> but also, I don't know if you guys saw um, the three identical strangers, and they went into nature versus nurture of psychology, which is one mm -hmm. of the biggest things in psychology, like biggest like research and like it is. And like, did you see that documentary? No, it's so fun. Did you see that documentary? No, I didn't. I didn't, and but I have heard of it. It's. Mm -hmm. I watched, I remember I was watching it on a plane way back from Canada and I was like, I was almost disappointed that I had a degree in psychology because again, it being one of the top things that they research, nature versus nurture, which makes sense. They just like completely like, like, I'm going to take this information, take it out. So it says that like, it was just like a lot, but, um, yes, and but I do feel like you're like, it does have to do with that, but it's just like, it's a little bit wild. And I feel like, just because so I mean I know you I I met your kids I met your sister and like all of that I met you but not your kids uh, I, any, but, um, I have no babies oh oh no you don't have any kids okay mm -mm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah and I think it's interesting because it's like even you being the amazing mom if their dad wasn't in their life they could still mm -hmm. see the opposite view of that of being like oh well like how would my dad be reacting to it now I'm gonna react that way you know, I, I, I've sense. always just wanted to know, like, what mm -hmm. is the transference? And I, I may have misspoke because the information is very new to me. And, mm -hmm. it, and I, but it is something that I'm really, really interested to know more about. And, and I'm really topic. interested in seeing how, you know, how it affects our lifestyle, you know, like a predisposed, mm -hmm. sometimes we're just like around the idea of it is us being around our parents. Like no. I, my mother is a, was a businesswoman. My father was um, in the music industry. Mm -hmm. I'm both. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Say, so, oh, it's, so it's like we've absorbed and we kind of like have a predisposed idea of who we're going to be. But it's kind of like you've been trained your whole life. Like yeah. now, both of my children now, like my daughter's an artist and my son is in the yeah. Navy, but I'm just finding out that my son can sing really, really good. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He does yeah. art, and that's what I did in high school. So yeah. it's just like, wow, it's so interesting how our yeah. traits are passed through to the child. Yes. How they can either absorb the good parts or the bad. 
That's very true. And I say that also for, and I, you know, I, I'm like the opposite people in my family could sing. I didn't get that gene (laughs) (laughs) at all. It like skipped over, (laughs) but, but to your, but to your point, um, you know, these are, and it also translates into healthy living, right? A lot of people are focused so much. And I was telling my patients, and this goes into epigenetics, and I know this is beyond what we're talking about today, but that's kind of what we're touching on. Um, And, and it goes to the point where I have patients who oftentimes will say, well, my family, diabetes, everybody in my family's diabetic. So that just means I'm going to be diabetic. No. Yeah, no, yeah. because we don't have to turn that gene on. You know, wow. there are certain things that we can do change because one of the things that that also transfer to your point, Kawana, is we transfer behavior. We transfer ideas and perspectives. How do we look at health? How do we make our, how do we prepare for Thanksgiving? Or are we cooking like Thanksgiving the whole year? Are we just cooking like Thanksgiving during Thanksgiving? You know, if if we're more more sedentary in our lifestyle and all our kids see is a sedentary lifestyle, then guess what? They will become more likely to be sedentary. They're less likely to be athletic if they grew up in environments where being moving and physical health wasn't really a high priority. And this is something Kwana actually touched on when we did our taping, as you touch on really getting moms to incorporate their newborns and their infants into their workout regimen. We talked about how that not only allows them to be more consistent with their workout, but it also helps them to raise a generation that now has a new perspective on being healthy, you know, that now sees health as not just something that is a chore and something you're kind of have to do when you don't really want to do, but it becomes a way of life, a lifestyle for them. Um, so, so I think that goes on many levels that there are things that are both environmentally impacted as well as genetically impacted, but it goes both ways. You don't have to have a gene turned on just simply because it runs in your family. And I'm finding diabetes so in my family. I'm like, I am not trying to become diabetic. Okay. Yeah, no, me either. Me either. In our family, my grandmother was diabetic. My mom, I think she's pre-diabetic, but she she's one of those women that we really don't go see. She's I'm good. I, I I eat herbs. I'm good. I'm good. But I really made a choice to in- expose my children because I was that mom who threw freezers dinners in the refrigerator. I mean, in the in the oven for them every night until mm-hmm. I started understanding the impact of what food I was eating and how it made me feel. And so I was yeah. like, okay, well, maybe I should start cooking with them. And so now, like, I cook, it, you know, extravagant meals just to kind of show them, like, oh, look at the colors. Like, let's go shopping uh-huh. and pick out every color you can find, and we're gonna make a meal with that. Or fine, let's try these new fruits. And I feel like that has implanted that concept in their head and when they decide to have children there so i took that out i took diabetes out of my lifestyle i don't believe that that has to be a part of my lifestyle and it won't be moving forward i don't think you know any of our other generations in our family because we all made the decision to make healthier choices we don't eat like our louisiana backgrounds um Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it really has changed and i'm so i think it's just great to hear from a professional that you can change your genes. You don't have to be what they say we're going to be. That's awesome. That's right, great. Right. And even for those who have made, because sometimes I have women who made the lifestyle changes and they still end up diabetic and they're like, 
you know, I still ended up diabetic, but guess what? You can be a healthy diabetic, right? Because diabetes have all these impact, your eyes, your kidneys, your heart, your brain, all your feet, all these potential outcomes, but being a healthy diabetic will prevent you from having those outcomes and also living longer. And then, and then having a healthier lifestyle may have delayed the onset of diabetes for you, you know, so there is still, there are positive impacts to health. Even if you end up being diabetic, I don't want people to feel discouraged. Like I didn't do what I was supposed to do. No, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you would be in a much worse situation. You may not even be alive. So, so be encouraged that even for those who aren't able to keep those genes turned on off, um, and there may be other factors to that, where you're living, what you're exposed to, the stress you're exposed to on a daily, daily living. So it's more than just our health is more than what we eat and how our exercise, we talked about sleep and water intake and stress, you know, and maybe all those other factors, but still don't be discouraged with, with leading a healthier lifestyle. Awesome. So we're going to ask you a few more questions. I, I have, we have this portion of the show that's called My Intent. And we were always so wonderful. We're thankful to have people, especially you, that come here and you live a lifestyle where you're helping others, but you have an intent for your life as well. And so this, these are intentful questions presented okay. to you by myintent.org. This is their game. Uh, it's uh-huh. 33 meaningful question cards, and we okay. need to find out what you're intended. So we're going to, she's going to pick your cards. Okay. 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 I'm excited. <laughs> and I'm nervous. What y'all about to ask me? <laughs> oh, they're, they're very, they're positive We don't know. Questions. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what it is, but it's positive. <laughs> Before you, I'm so I'm so, I'm, I know. I'm sorry. You shuffle. You guys cheating during the show. I'm sorry. I, maybe I should ask you about my bladder. Well, okay, hurry up. Okay, go, I'm go sorry. Hurry, hurry. Sorry. You be drinking oh, she has to use the bathroom. I'm she, so she's the pee break girl. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. We could talk about that. Yes. <laughs> Do y'all want to talk about that? I mean, urinary frequency is something. An urgency is something that it's it's old racks of bladder. And it can be experienced. Oftentimes people think the bladder issues happen. And she's a perfect example. Oftentimes people think bladder issue happens only to older women, right? Um, but as you can see, bladder dysfunction can happen even from kids. You know, you have kids that have prolonged bed wetting, you know, and that's that's layered in of itself. Yeah. It can be psychological, be physical, but, but bladder issues happen throughout our lifetime. Um, and a lot of it also is having healthy bladder habits is really important the better you treat your bladder the better it will treat you in the end because your bladder listen your bladder will play you in the end your bladder will believe me i know it is one organ that's like i've had enough of you (laughs) about my you know menopausal situation as i'm moving into it but Uh incontinence is a thing it is a thing it and, is very much um, a thing. It is something mm-hmm. that I'm just not really comfortable with. But as a trainer, and you're always moving and you're uh, jumping and all that stuff. Yes. So it's something yes. I experienced during pregnancy. But now getting older, it's something that happens. And it's something that I guess I'm not the only one experiencing. Does that happen to men too? 
Oh, men more likely to have um, the overactive bladder symptoms. Uh, They don't have the, the, so estrogen is very important in supporting our tissue and our pelvis. Um, And so as we get older and the estrogen levels start to decline, we start to see leakage that is related to structural support. And that's the stress incontinence, um, type of incontinence. And so, especially for moms who've had babies before, especially if you had a number of babies, like you have a higher amount of children or you have larger children, you have the nine pounders and 10 pounders, they coming through the pelvic floor causes stretching of the supportive tissue that then cause weakening that will then be further unmasked as we get older, because now the estrogen levels are declining. So that is called stress incontinence. And that's where we don't work as much as we work out everything else, we're not really trained to work out our pelvic floor and our pelvic floor yes. has very important muscles <laughs> that, that we should be contracting and relaxing and exercising. Cause like any other muscle over time of, of not using them, they atrophy and, and they, and they're less likely to do what we want them to do. So that's stress incontinence versus something that's a more dysfunction of the bladder, which is the frequency of running to the bathroom, the urgency of having to go to the bathroom. That's a nerve issue. The way our bladder is controlled between the brain and our bladder. Remember when we were born, our bladder was free flowing, right? There was no control. We had to learn to control our bladder, right? We had to train our bladder. So sometimes as we get older, for reasons we don't fully understand, we have to retrain the bladder. And sometimes it is severe enough that we do have to to take medications to kind of calm the bladder down. But also for people who have pelvic floor pain issues, if you have urgency and pain issues, you may have a condition called interstitial cystitis. So don't ignore that. If you've been diagnosed with UTIs all the time, you may want to really check into that and see whether or not it's a pelvic floor dysfunction issue and not frequent urinary tract infections because interstitial cystitis behaves just like frequent UTIs, but there's no bacteria in your urine. Okay. So I'm going to leave that right there. She's giving us some some gems today. I've obviously only heard the, I didn't even put my flannel bag on. I just ran out here. No, I, um, last episode, I mentioned to you growing up, I was diagnosed with like abandonment issues. Which is like, it sounds aggressive. My mom just always had to go to the Philippines. And apparently, she just told me this recently. Like, we went to a psychologist mm-hmm. back then, and they were like, this just her like physical reaction to you leaving. And I didn't remember it at all. I do remember, like, in um, first grade or uh, kindergarten, I kept saying I needed to go pee. And they're like, you're making it up. And I was just like, no, I'm not. Like, I feel like I have to. Um, and it's like, before I leave, I always say pee right when I got here. I pee. I always, I'm just like, I need to make sure. And obviously Red Bulls don't help. But I do apologize about that. I'm just like, it's true. Oh, no, don't apologize at all. Because it's important for us to see these things. Because there are women out there who have the same experiences, but may feel ashamed or embarrassed to share it. So for you to be open with it and saying, this is what I'm dealing with. And these are the layers that 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 feed into my disorder or my dysfunction um it will open someone to feel more free to even go to the doctor and talk about it so not be ashamed it. about it <laughs> Whereas, uh, <laughs> no, that's that's i mean it's these things happen it's, yeah it's normal but yeah i was asking her about you know during pregnancy like i, I mean I, I wanted to know do men experience incontinence oh. she was saying that you know the older they actually experience like more of the the frequency. Their frequency urgency, especially yeah. our men with the large prostate. Yeah, I was going to say they, 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 they are running to the like bathroom. That. As they get older, they run into the bathroom just the same. <laughs> Before we 
we do our intent questions and like, I guess this is a selfish personal. Sure. Um, uh-huh. So I have a IUD. Do you think an IUD mm-hmm. could also affect my bladder talking to me all the time? <laughs> um, no, it shouldn't in theory. It shouldn't. Okay. Now, certainly science, we're always learning how the body interacts and okay. you know everything in the pelvis lives in the same environment, same neighborhood. So they, all these organs are interplaying with each other. Okay. Um, but there's nothing that I can think of that would directly affect um, the bladder outside of people who are more likely to have urinary tract infection issues, um, vaginal uh, infection issues that, yeah. that, that increase their likelihood. And that's from the presence of a foreign body. Sometimes it changes your pH for some people more sensitive mm-hmm. to that. And so they have, you know, an imbalance of their, of their natural flora, their natural uh, bacteria that control the vaginal tissue. Um, and some women may experience a slight increase in, in urinary tract infections, but not really dysfunction, not really uh, overactive bladder symptoms. They shouldn't be correlated. Um, I do get infections quite a bit. It's like, if it's like windy, she's like, I don't like that. And then she's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the yeah. vagina, she, she, listen, she'll want nothing disturbing her peace. Okay. Absolutely. You better eat right. <laughs> you better eat right. Oh, you know what? And we, and we were just, we, but um, one more question before we go into it. Tim, we have a, con- we have a show coming up with a group, um, a product company uh-huh. by the name of condition her. Right. And okay. we were online. We were looking, um, I don't even know how it came the pubic up. hair. It, and we see a, an ad for pubic hair. Hashtag say pubic. The Venus shade. Venus shade. Yeah. Right. And so we started talking about um, coochie. Hair. <laughs> coochie hair care. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's actually now a thing. Of, well, they're, they're focusing on women who don't shave, you know. Mm-hmm. And talk about that. Like during pregnancy, is it safe to use mm-hmm. products? Like, like uh, this one is a natural product, but because you're pregnant and that is close to where the life form is, yeah. is mm-hmm. it safe to use any products or like, you know, vaginal creams or, or sprays? Even or shaving, because shaving opens up the pores, right? So like. Yeah. So, so sometimes the technicality of even taking care of your pubic hair is challenging in the third trimester and you may have to. Get that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, right. but in, general <laughs> in general, pubic hair is healthier. I know some of my shavers don't want to hear that. It yeah. is there for a reason. Everything that is on our body is intentional. Right. Uh, and the pubic hair has multiple functions. It it aids in friction, right? You're less likely to have friction issues. Those who have the my thick. T-H-I-Q-U-E women. <laughs> we have the rub burn between the legs. The more hair you have in that area helps to, with the gliding, right? Um, and also it helps with with our with cleaning of bacteria. It helps to, to reduce bacteria to the area. It helps to take care of our pores. So, the eyelashes to the eyeballs as the coochie hair is to the coochie. That's what we said the eye, the the coochie hair is to the coochie as the eye I'm loving the analogies lady I'm loving the analogies but they are they to your point there is key function so when we remove them we're now 
you know, increasing our likelihood of infection, of, of having bumps in the areas, of having um, friction issues. Now our thighs are burning because we took off the hair. <laughs> that was supposed to help us with the friction, right? So all these things become more common. But to your point, we have to remember that the largest organ is the skin. Um, and, and when we put things, and I get this question often with, you know, just beauty products in general, whether it's deodorants, whether it's, can I dye my hair? Can I put this there? Um, our skin is one of the main functions absorbing, right? So whenever we put something on the skin, now in theory, certain things you may say, well, the absorption risk is probably if you do it rarely, it's probably minimal, but it it's not negative. You are going to absorb any chemical you put on the body will be absorbed to a certain degree because that is the function of the skin. It's doing what it's supposed to do, right? We're the ones that are, are changing things up. The skin is doing what it's supposed to do, which is absorbing things. And that absorption, we don't know that there's not enough studies on all these different things. And sometimes people say, oh, but it's natural. But yes, so so are a lot of things, right? <laughs> a lot of natural things yeah, doesn't necessarily mean that it's not harmful. Adding it on top of our body. Right, right. Exactly. And there's certain like teas that are natural, but they are abortive, right? But so you can't drink them when you're pregnant because even though it's naturally growing, you consume it, it has abortive qualities, you know, for oh, for mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but that kind of thought of like honey, like pregnant women aren't supposed to really have honey, right? Not a lot. It's more so for the newborns that we're concerned about with honey. Um, but, but, but yeah, their honey is natural, <laughs> but kids, we got to be careful with honey and kids. Uh, we have to be careful with, with, um, with, with any type of natural product, you always want to make sure that you are either seeing a naturopathic doctor who can tell you the potential risk or at least run it by your healthcare team so you know whether or not this particular product is safe to use. Marijuana is a natural natural growth, right? But there are certain questions about it, the impact on pregnancy, even though it's natural. Um, and you can question a natural yeah, well, because it's I don't think marijuana it's too. <laughs> I, I don't think it's natural. Yeah, I was about to say you can question whether or not it's truly natural anymore, natural. but it was originally natural. Yeah, it ain't <laughs> no more. Seeing now, it's, it's very much real. contaminated, <laughs> modified, and altered in various ways. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I always say make sure make sure you minimize any type of chemical to the body when you're pregnant, um, because the body's already supposed to so many things that you can't really even control. Your air is something you can't control so many fumes and chemicals in the air when depending on what job you're doing you may be a cleaner for my women who are cleaning make sure you're well ventilated your hands are covered in gloves you want to because things get absorbed into the body okay and i i keep saying last question before my no, intent, so but no it's okay the show is this episode is baby i got that bounce back okay so baby getting that bounce back Bounce back doesn't necessarily mean you have to bounce back and be super skinny. It doesn't mean bounce that. back and snap back is not the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can you offer some safe methods to our trap mates and or maybe some practices that can help them bounce back safely? 
Oh, yes. Okay. I love this question. I love this question because why it's a passion of mine. Um, so I was telling my patients, you know, pregnancy doesn't end your health, right? So a lot of times women will do major lifestyle changes during the pregnancy. And then when the pregnancy is done, she's like, okay, now back to what I was doing before. No, you are the primary goal for your health changes. The baby is secondary to all the changes that you're making. So we still got to prioritize ourselves. So let's talk about physical health. So for my moms, you have certain outcomes, right? You became diabetic, gestational diabetes, or you became hypertensive. You had preeclampsia during your pregnancy. After pregnancy, you are still at increased risk. We know, especially for, let's take gestational diabetes for an example. We know we rescreen after pregnancy because we want to identify those who were just early onset uh, diabetes versus those who are truly undiagnosed type 2 diabetics that we're now catching during pregnancy because women oftentimes will only come into the doctor when they're pregnant. Um, But we know that for women, for example, for our Hispanic women, that the risk of becoming type two diabetic within five years is up to 60%. If we don't keep those lifestyle changes, five years, that's a very short time. By the time your kid goes to first grade, okay, you may have already acquired chronic diabetes. And we know for those who had preeclampsia, which is very common, over 200,000 women every year in the U.S. experience preeclampsia, predominantly our minority populations. We know that the lot, there are long-term outcomes, increased risk for heart issues, increased risk for chronic hypertension, increased risk for renal disease. So we, you have to continue to be monitored on a logistic aspect, right? But then let's talk about physical health. If you have obtained a physical lifestyle that you were able to be focused on and obtain during your health pregnancy, it is a great time to continue that throughout your lifestyle. Because we know what? 75% of women, for example, within a year after pregnancy will still have their pregnancy weight. Now that's yeah. pregnancy number one. Well, you add pregnancy Yeah, you add pregnancy number two to that. And then you add pregnancy number three to that. Now her body mass index is extremely high. Now she's in that high risk category. She's dealing with preterm or pre uh, early onset heart disease. Now she's dealing with a bunch of things. Her knees are getting bad because of all the weight she's carrying. So, So we help women even after pregnancy at your postpartum visit, we're talking about what, okay, what are your health goals? And they look at me like, what you talking about? Didn't I just get, I'm done. Like we're done. Like this relationship has ended. No, it hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> now That's we're awesome. in phase two. We're going to talk about how we're going to maintain this healthy weight. Or if you started out with a high BMI, which is your high to weight ratio and which These are your unhealthy BMI because we know we have athletes that have high BMI because they're muscular and their body mass is higher. We're not talking about that group. We're talking about, you know who you are. You weren't exercising before the pregnancy. (laughs) You know who you are. I'm talking about you. Okay. So, So if you are the unhealthy woman before pregnancy, really want to get you healthy. It is not just about the baby. Baby's good, but baby, in order for you to be around for that child that you're now raising, you have to be healthy because why now you got to carry a 10 pounder an 11 pounder, a 20 pounder, 
bag of groceries and their accessories. Yeah. And this is where a lot of women encounter all these muscle and back aches. And they're always like, it's the epidural. It may not be the epidural. It may be your form, which we talked about during pregnancy, but now after pregnancy, now you're like this. Why? The baby. <laughs> now you're hunching. Yeah. Listen, am I, in, am I in your garden? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And sometimes it's naturally, the breasts are bigger because you're breastfeeding. So it naturally brings the body forward, oh. right? Everything that changes your center of gravity brings the body forward when it comes to pregnancy and postpartum changes. And so we naturally need to correct that. If not, you may end up with that back pain. You're leaning to breastfeed, back pain. You're leaning to grab something yeah, to change the baby because you're trying to hold this fighting toddler down and reach the diapers at the same time. You're overreaching. You're out of your ergonomics, right? You're ending up with all these issues, aches and pains, or you had a larger size babies and your pelvis was really opened up and guess what? Things are kind of not really in alignment. And so we send you to physical therapy. Yes, I do. I send patients to physical therapy post-delivery to deal with, to realign their bodies so that they don't have chronic issues. I do believe that a lot of my chronic pelvic pain patients that are sent to me where people like, does she have fibers? Does she have endometriosis? No, she ain't got nothing that. She got birth issues we never corrected. So mm -hmm. let's correct her and keep her healthy postpartum. Now let's talk about your mental health. Okay. So having babies we know has an impact physiologically and psychologically on your mental health. So we will always want to make sure that we are continuing to monitor your mental health, even after the pregnancy, even after the, the traditional postpartum period. Thankfully now insurance plans are seeing that it's longer and are extending the coverage for postpartum mental health care. Okay. But also making sure that we do the things that we know are really impactful and helpful for your mental health. Exercise is part of my mental health treatment. Yeah. When I talk to patients, I talk about exercise before I do medications, even in my more severe cases, right? Because we know exercise has benefits to our mental health. Sun exposure, we minimize getting out the house. Yeah. Okay. We have now, we should be a lot more empathetic to pregnant women now that we all were locked down in the pandemic. Right. Exactly. Right? This is what pregnant women have been doing for centuries. They have been locked down. And that experience that we had being locked down during the pandemic is what they've experienced every single child in their new, in their, in their newborn uh, months, in their early months. So let's do the things that we learned to do in the pandemic. Let's prioritize our mental health, get some sun exposure. You don't have to be around people. Just get out the house. Out the house. Where's the village? Have the village come over. Make sure that they're taking precautions, not the ones who may be exposed to COVID because you still got a newborn. So right. take the correct precautions and get outside the house, get that sunlight, get that exposure, making sure you're continuing your vitamins. Don't people are like, oh yeah, I'm not taking anything. Why are you not taking anything? You're breast, you're trying to support a life with breast milk. You're producing the liquid gold. You've got to take care of you. Not just the one line, yes. as well. Exactly. Thank you, Sam. Let them know. Okay. <laughs> we want to still continue with your supplements. Make sure your vitamin D level is good. Vitamin D level when it's low has been linked to depression. Keep that in mind, low energy levels. So sometimes, and then they're locked up in the house. So no wonder your energy level is lower. You're not even getting your vitamin D, right? So making sure you're getting all these key supplements, your postnatal vitamins, making sure you're on the iron. If you're not if you came out of your childbirth experience anemic, make sure you correct that because being anemic, fatigued 
is not a great combination. You will exhaust yourself. So for all those reasons, we like to continue. Uh, that's part of the bounce back. So making sure the the practices that we learn to have a healthy baby just continues for life. This is a great time to continue those habits. I, I, I again, I never wanted kids, but I really love everything that you've said because um, one, it's just literally saying stop and look at yourself as well. Because women in general, I mean, sure, men, but like, let's just stick with the real things here. Um, <laughs> but also, I had a friend that I grew up with, um, and she always wanted to be a mom. She started popping out babies. And I remember after her first one, and because we didn't talk for a while, I asked her, I was like, so like, how are things going, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, it just seems like I go in and they make sure the baby's okay. I'm still wearing diapers, which I didn't fucking know was a thing. I didn't know that you grew a placenta. Like I was just like, oh, I'm very new to this stuff. And I just remember the one thing she really said was, no one gives a shit that I gave birth to this baby. They just like, they're checking the baby and they're like, all right, cool, you're good, bye. And so it makes like you saying this, like anyone just, just give this woman's name out because it is true. Like just because you, pop something out of your hoo-ha or your C-section does not mean that you were no longer a person. Right. And right. it's not just right. about the baby. It is about the person carrying the baby and spending the life of the baby because yeah. you're actually the protector, the nurturer, yeah. the, yes. you know, you're everything. Yes. So that has to be right. Yeah. So thank yes. you for spreading that yes. message. And yes. I want to spread that message more regardless of what my situation is with children. Like, I think it's just very important. Like, and my sister and her wife, and like, just every, like, yeah. Don't give up on yourself because I, I think no, that's not at all. been a huge, like, like ugh, for me where I'm just like, well, what about me? Like, I am selfish. Which is why I don't want kids. Like, <laughs> and, you know, you know, I don't, I don't think it should you like, I think that we're also um, using this word selfish. It is self-preservation. It's not being selfish. I think oh, it's I okay. Think it's a bad thing to be honest. I just, oh, okay. Okay. To be like, look, that's just not what I want. And like, it just, right. Goes, called selfish and i'm just like so what like then if i'm selfish then i'm selfish but i know like that it's not what i want i'm not going to take care of the thing yeah like i think I'll that's responsible dogs. too i think it's yeah. responsible because yes oh you know, i mean and then you say you have an iud like you're taking the precautions you're not putting yourself in yeah. a place where it's like okay well i don't want kids but you know but I if it happens it happens like yeah. you know right like, the precautions, IUD system. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, yes, I love my responsible women out yes. there because it's a, it's 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 about being intentional. To your point with the with the game we're about to do, it's about being intentional and being intentional about what we want, making choices and feeling empowered to make that choice. So I don't want to have kids, so I'm going to use an IUD. I want to have kids, so guess what? I'm going to be in my doctor's office before I start to even conceive. Because there are certain things that we could have prevented had we known and had a visit even before you try to be to conceive a child. And that's what we're really trying to educate the, the education of women of coming into the office and saying, hey, I think I may be ready to have a child next next year. And not just being like, if it happens, it happens because there are certain things about your health we may want to address before. There's certain family history that we may want to address. If you have a cancer history in your family and you haven't been screened for cancer, I have women with thyroid cancers diagnosed during pregnancy. Okay. You don't want to be knowing the history of your mate, you know, like yes. that's better. That's being responsible too, because you don't want to have that pregnancy. You meet this guy one night stand. I mean, it happens. No, yeah. no disrespect yeah. to anybody yeah. that's had that happen. It does happen. You're being responsible. 
And you have mm-hmm. to make that choice to like, you know, not pass his traits through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right. You don't know what's going on with their life. You don't know about their family. You don't know their, their what's going on with their father, their yeah. mother. And that yes. trial. Yeah. And, and then you have the child, you're like, wait a minute, what right. did I miss? <laughs> you know, and, and to your point, to your point, I had a friend who I used to look at her like this when she said it, but she was about being intentional. She had sickle, she had the sickle cell trait, and she was very intentional about screening the men she dated. Cause she, she, it was important for her to know their sickle, sickle cell status. So Mm -hmm. to your point, it's important to know their family history. And you know how many times I ask my patients about their family, his family history. And they're like, Oh, I, I don't think I don't, I gotta ask him. Yeah. We should have asked him before. Yeah. You you have to share this thing with somebody else. Make sure that person's worthy. (laughs) Start wondering, talking to the people that you're coupling with and finding out about their history. Those are very important questions. Yes. Yes. Beginning because you don't know what you could be coupling with. Not just saying, oh, you know, asking these questions about, do you want kids? You want to know what's your grandmother like? Right. Diabetes running your family. Right. How many right. times do you go to the dentist to your parents? Exactly. <laughs> like it's a lot of things. So this that is part. So, that part. I'm so happy that we had you here. So we we <laughs> ask you no, about your intent. You a thousand one. Um, okay. No, you no no no. I'm you gonna, are answering. Um, you are. Oh, I'm gonna pick. You said that. All right. So now you are gonna pick two cards. Okay. Just tell me. Tell me when. Tell her when. Okay. How about now? Okay. There's one. one. And then hold up and do it. Okay. And I have to pick again? Uh-huh. Okay. Go for it. Okay. All right. So okay. Question All right. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, she said, oh, ooh. <laughs> I haven't seen this one. What is a defining moment in your life and how did it impact you? Oh, there's a there's a bunch of those. There's a bunch of those. Okay, let me pick one. Hmm. You're in the hot seat now. I'm in a, I'm trying to figure out which one to pick. It's it's sad when you got a couple of <laughs> I, I mean that's a good thing that you have a few different impacts. <laughs> you know, for good and for bad, for good and for bad. But let's pick one that's kind of like important to us all the pandemic right never we none of us have ever had this experience before so the pandemic was um certainly a life turning moment that's when i decided to start a healthy bump club and it wasn't the pan- pandemic itself it was the slowdown the pandemic allowed for certain information to come out so we have the the emergence of the information about the disparities in maternal health care in in america and that's really what spurred me to say you know what, I could probably make a difference or if not, nothing else, I'm going to try to make a difference. Uh, And so it allowed me to really sit down and think what is really important. And I realized that one of the things that was important for my patients is to be able to have information where they feel like, you know, they can make decisions. And, you know, it, it, it brings a tear to my eye every time a patient says it to me when they're like, this is the first pregnancy. I feel like I know what's going on. I feel like I understand what's going on. And that's what I want for all women who have access to us to be able to feel like, 
I have the information. Now I can make a choice. Now I can say I want A versus B. Um, and so that was, you know, real also assessing, even having self-assessment. Did racism impact my ideologies in any way? You know, really spending that time and in, in determining as a healthcare prof- professional, what are ways that I can change to unfold this racist ideology and framework that that frames how we even treat each other from day to day, you know, and doing things like changing from, oh, she missed her appointment, just reschedule her to saying, picking up the phone and saying, why did you miss your appointment? And having that why has been so critical for so many women. I learned so much with just that why. I learned, you know what, I don't have childcare. You know, I learned, I don't have, with the rising amount of gas, I just don't have the money to come. You know, and being able to say to women, hey, did you know that insurance can pay for your transportation to your appointment? And they're like, ain't nobody ever told me that. You know, like so many things that people just don't even know, you know, very basic information. I'm not the smartest in the class. I'm not the Harvard graduate, but I feel like the information I have can save a life, you know, and being able to have a platform where I'm able to do that with other women of color is so dope. You know, people come on and they see the physical therapist, they see the mental health provider, they see the nutrition and we're all brown skinned okay so that that, i mean it has been such a and it's not hasn't been without challenges because again we're still in this environment that that is so unequal um but it's been such a love child for me and i'm just so thankful that i decided to take up this mantle and to be it's just been so life-filling for me and then like oh this is why I'm here. <laughs> I love that. And your energy, it just presents that too. It really does. You're so, you're so bubbly. And it's like, I want to hear more from yeah. you. I want to hear more. I, know. I love it. I mean, it really, I'm, it makes me make sense. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Oh. Question number two. What makes you feel loved? I keep calling this. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that's such a nice question. I love it. Oh my gosh. Say that again. What did you say, Sam? What did you say, Sam? She said in bed. Our last guest, she kept asking him questions. Like, oh, in bed? In bed? Okay. I'll do the in bed for y'all. No, no, no. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can do both. Both. You have the choice, as you said. You have the choice. Whatever you want. <laughs> so you know for me I'm always I'm always astonished when people even think of me right so I I value people's time so much in their space so much that when somebody even drops me a message they say hey girl what's going on how you doing I'm like you thought of me like out of all the things in the world you could have thought of you thought of me like I value just people just hopping in and be like even if there's something crazy like dropping me a message because in that moment out of all the things in the world and in your life, you you had a moment where you thought of me and you reached out. So I just appreciate people reaching out. You know, my East Coasters, y'all be reaching out at some interesting times. Y'all be different <laughs> <big> time difference. <laughs> and, but I still appreciate y'all, but y'all in these time differences, I keep like three hours. Three hours. <laughs> but I appreciate, you know, the aunties that come like, hey, you know, I was just thinking of you and I'm realizing you're not here from you in a long time. And I appreciate the five o'clock messages. 
That's well, I just, I really just, I feel love when people think of me. I, I love being around, you know, I love my ladies. I love being around women. I think our vibrations is so dope. We're so mm-hmm. like the layers of what makes us who we are is amazing. So I'm always constantly learning from women, even just in my own personal circle. I'm just observing how we communicate, how we interact, how we make decisions. And I'm constantly, I'm constantly in a school of learning about women and it's been a beautiful lifestyle. So I I feel love when you think of me. So thank you guys for thinking of me and bringing me on here. Thank you you for being on the show. Thank you so much. You know, and in bed, also, in bed, in bed, in bed. Oh, yeah, in bed. Now, listen, that? if you would think of me, take me out. If you would think of me to take me out, I feel loved. But here's the thing. If you are, if you are um, someone who is not selfish, right? Like it's, it's about your pleasure only. Oh, like, yeah. You're not my kind of flow. Yeah, that my card of flow. But if you are a give and take person, and and your pleasure comes from me being pleased, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see, you all in here, all <laughs> in the loved area. You in, you the, love in the love area. zone. You are in I the love Listen, you deserve that. You deserve to be taken care of. You were taken care of women oh, thank you, all day Sam. long. Yes, so. for sure. And so do you. We and all do. So do you. Thank you. So do you. Yes, we do, so right? I yeah, wanted to. Um, I also wanted to. Um, oh, it's not a question. I wanted to present you uh-huh. with a gift from the Travel Camp Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, this is the candle that I'm going to present. But what I most likely will send you is our new fall drop. I'm doing a fall drop of candles. Um, and it's a collaboration with Art by Queen Bee, my daughter, who was at the event. Um, oh. She's going to be doing the art for the candles. So this candle that I'm, I'll probably send you both. But this candle is a candle um, that is hand created by me. And it is called Living a Life of No Regrets. Let me see if you can see that. I love it. So we know that that's what you do. So we are going to present you and send you a gift. Um, if anyone is interested in our candles, you can go ahead and check the Ethereal Essence page, our Ethereal Trapmate Spa. We have all of our candles available and on our website. And all of the purchases of these items help to keep the Trap Bootcamp podcast going. So make sure you go there and get it. But these are going to be for you and the gift for just being here and giving our Trapmates insightful information on being pregnant and moving forward and how to bounce back baby yeah we appreciate you so very much yeah oh thank you so much i absolutely love candles by the way oh great i'm glad things in the entire world um so i am so thankful (laughs) that i'm getting a candle thank you so so very much ladies this has been amazing clearly you can't shut me up because this is what i love to talk about i mean we love that i know i know know. and i just know that we try to keep the show at we try to keep it at an hour but we're gonna i'm gonna let this one go all the way because it was so much great information that we gotta keep it going and i also wanted to talk to you you have a, a new um page and some new stuff. You have apparel as well, right? Let's yes, we do. Because like you, you know, we got to, listen, it takes some coins to get some stuff done, right? Right. <laughs> and I work in community medicine. I don't got the coins that y'all think I got, like other uh, my colleagues who work on 
Beverly Hills and in Park Avenue. I'm right. not one of those chicks. Okay, so I got to raise some coins just the same, just like Kawana just said. Her coins are going towards what they do on this platform. So what we do on Healthy Bum Club, we have our village. So Samantha, you're an example of our village. That's why we love our village so much. We have a group of women who are not interested in childbearing or maybe done with childbearing, but they are so supportive. So they inspired this apparel line called Village. And so we have our t-shirts, our sweatshirts, and a little, little something showing a little shoulder. Okay. We, you know, we got to give keep it a little urban. I'm urban at the roots. I'm a New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> Love it. So we got to keep it at the roots. And you can catch us on, you can see us on our Instagram at HBC Village. And you can catch our platform at healthybump.club. Or on YouTube, you can hit up our healthy little We talk about everything. Yeah. Let me tell you, these girls that sit on this platform that come on here, we have, listen, very few filters because we, we are <laughs> I love it. I love it. it. We have very few filters. So we talk, we share everything personally. Okay. Because people forget we're, we're asking the same. So we go through the same health system. We go through the same experiences. Some are moms, some were trying to be moms. I retrieve my eggs. You know, we talk about everything. Okay. Oh, um, so, so definitely hit up our platform on YouTube, check out our videos. We have videos on name it COVID experience, monkey pox. We talk about it all. We oh, have some yeah. straightforward hit and hit and run educational hard points. And then we have, have our panel discussions just like we're doing here. So thank you guys for supporting us and letting us share that information oh, yes, with your sure. um, you trap community. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to have you back and like, just keep the flow going. Maybe um, after we do a condition hair run and like, yeah, bring you I guys think, together. Yeah. I think we're going to try to do a panel of women, professional yeah. women with products and stuff, just so that we can get some more information out there because this series, um, the silly good girls don't fit, I think is gonna be a good series for us to kind of just just understand our bodies and what we're all going through. You know, I think that's yes. a great way. And then like you know, we're gonna try to explore some really good things too, because I wanna, I want bringing her on the show was intentful because the dominatrix, she made me understand dominatrix in a whole nother aspect and her being a psych major. She was able, oh man, the information that we, like the way that it was, it was more so about the person. And that's what I got. And I didn't really tell you about it, but her and I, she took me to the thing because I was like, well, let me see if I can make an extra dollars. And I was like, yeah, no, no, no. But that is not I, my flow right now. Yeah, like, I'm dominant, but I am not a dominant. <laughs> How about that? I'm right, right, right. There's yeah. a difference. There's a but, difference. But uh -huh. the information and the way that the concept, the way that she explained it was like, you know, these are regular people that can't express themselves and they're just expressing and I'm allowing them to be themselves. You know, yeah. and sexual deviancy is a different thing. Like it's a whole nother podcast, but we are going to talk about it. Yeah. And because, yeah, I like that. I like, I love that we're talking about these topics. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that this is that's what this show is about. And we're we're thankful that you came on the so show because you gave us so many. This is gems. so fun. This Thank is so fun. So yes, let's definitely yes. do it again. You feel loved when someone takes you out. I know you and I have been talking about going out. Let's just all go out and get what kind of wild. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we should make it like that. I'm gonna I have a I have a, a location that I just went to recently. Uh -huh. And I was thinking of maybe doing like an outdoor kind of like campfire thing yeah. you know like when we just kind of talk and just be yeah. free you know as women yeah so, yeah come yeah. up with something yeah. 
Yeah, um, especially as 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 business women, there's so many things we can talk about, right? Life yeah, on yes. so many levels. So that would be then, great. Honestly, I don't get along with too many females. So like, I'm just, like, y'all. You don't be. A, you're not around a lot of females. I just anyway. I I'm so grateful for her. Like, <laughs> introducing me to all these beautiful women. So it's like I really appreciate just like one being able to be myself and hang out with you, but then also being able to meet people like you. So like let's please keep it going. I'm glad you're it. having such a different experience. That's good. That's what we're supposed <laughs> to do for each other, right? Like that's why we're here on earth to help each other that's throughout exactly journey. Why. We are thankful for you coming on the thank show. You. Be oh, on thank the lookout. You, Send your information so we can see your gift, please. Oh, and, I will. Um, I will. Again, I will. thank you for coming. Right. Uh, thank you for having me. And all the best to you guys on this amazing platform. And Sam, I'm about to take some notes. Um, she got no. She has so many notes. <laughs> may have convinced Sam to have a kid. No. We may, we may, we may have to work on that. <laughs> no, I'm is about to run out of here. Okay. <laughs> Sam just taped her hoo ha. She I, taped it I up. Gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. She's actually going out the door now. Uh oh. Uh oh. But we want to thank you again. Thank you so much for coming. Uh Oh, thank you for coming and we are going to go ahead and sign off and get our trap mates to please follow and please look up the information Tosca we are going to put all your information up here thank you so very much for being a wonderful thank you for having me I'll see you next time see See you next time time. bye take care bye-bye To support the Trap Bootcamp podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Leave a message on our Anchor page. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on all social media platforms and share if you got the time.